Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello and welcome. Bonjour. Ça va. Ciao. 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 Come stai? Bene. E tu? Sì, sì, bene. It's Cheek Street. Yeah. Welcome. All around the world. You can listen to us in any language you want. You can. I don't know if that's true. No, that's not true. You can listen to us in English. Yeah. Sometimes not good English. No. Who are you? I'm Evie Jones. Who are you? Any potatoes. <laughs> when you're drunk, what are you? I'm a smashed potato. No. Yeah, smashed. Yeah, smashed potato. Uh, how have you been? What's going on? How have you been this week? Oh, still in lockdown. It's getting yep. heavy. Yeah, I had a really shit week this week, I've got to say. With the Rona? With the Rona. With the lockdown. Monday, Tuesday, I just, I woke up and, because, you know, I've still got a job, a full-time job. you're so lucky. Um, I am, I am very lucky. And um, I just couldn't adult oh, this week. I hear you. And, you know, it's all legit, above board. My boss, if he's listening, he knows. Yeah. Um, I just took a couple of mental health days and I think it's really important that you do that if you are struggling. I could not agree more. Um, be- more mental health days. More people. mental health days. And don't feel ashamed about taking them either. No. Um, because, and even if you've just got to take one and stay in bed all day and watch Netflix, or I took a bath and I. Where'd you take it? I took it in my bathroom and I watched some Netflix in the bath. <gasps> oh, and that's hot. It was so nice, you that know? Would be lovely. I wish I had a bath. So um, I highly recommend it that we do this. I actually listened to a really good um, podcast. I actually want to tell you about another two podcasts. So I listened to – there's a podcast I really like called On Being and it's Krista Tippett, her name is, and she just is – her voice is so soothing and calming. She does interviews with just amazing thinkers um, in the world and it's – some of it can be spiritual or, you know, um, but it's – mostly kind of science-based where she talks to a lot of intellectual people and she talks to one woman about um, something called ambiguous grief and she has had her on the podcast before but not in the context of COVID and she gets her back on again to talk about this concept of ambiguous grief and how we are all going through grief at the moment and that all of the symptoms that we're all showing in terms of feeling tired and disconnected and disengaged and um you know all those things fogginess or she said it's all they're all grief related and we're all grieving the fact that we can't do Do what we used to do and we're grieving our control our Our, yeah and we've lost our control Mm. so she said you know that's why people have started baking cakes because we can control it there's a start and an end and she said that it's actually um yeah there's a science behind why Mm. everyone is is real doing all this stuff yeah and feeling this way so i listened to that um actually while i was in the bath um and it was kind of like good to hear that because i was like oh okay i'm not 
going cray no, cray. that is good and it is a real thing. I talked to my doctor this week and got a little new script for combating a good. little bit more of the depression than I normally have. Mm-hmm. So um, just trying to get that used into my system yep. and um, being aware of what your mental health is like yes. is a really good thing. Mm. Not... And um, preventing, I think prevention is also good. Like knowing yeah. what you are going to feel like or mm. have done in the past mm-hmm. um, and talking immediately with people, yeah. not waiting until it gets to a point where, you know, you're sick. Yeah. So And, yeah, there's an element of self-awareness and also self-worth it's yes. kind of like you you're need worth to it. feel you that are you're worth you're going worth. exactly and talking uh, talking to yeah. someone that it's okay to say i'm important enough yeah um to say i'm not doing well right now yeah and you are everybody is so yeah if you're struggling reach out lifeline yeah beyond lifeline. blue all of it all of those places yeah. um That's the other right. yeah the other podcast i wanted to talk to you about was um it's called the down the rabbit hole or the, the rabbit hole. I can't remember, um, but it's fascinating look into um, YouTube and the algorithms oh. of YouTube and how this the host actually looks at a, a guy's YouTube history mm. forensically. So he goes through and studies over like five years or eight years. He goes and looks at. He started off with this video and then he ended up being pretty much um, radicalised and um, just by what he was being fed. So he started watching videos. Mind control. And all of a sudden he would get get sent this recommended for you video and he'd be like, oh, what's that? And click on that. And then just the journey that he went on – to to where he then ended up and he's like, God, I didn't know that watching a – Rick Astley music video is going to Rick roll me into Rick roll me into bloody yeah and it's oh. fascinating they interview the um, CEO of um, YouTube as well and she talks a lot about just the early the things they were doing early on to try and get people to watch things that are a bit different than that just being within their echo chamber because they could see that a lot of people were especially on Facebook and Instagram being in their echo chamber and only hearing and seeing the same points of view as their mm. friends and but that's still happening isn't it it is well they yeah so they so there's it's it's a bit prickly the interview because mm. they basically challenge her on that and say well it's kind of you could argue that it's actually not yeah. um you know because she's like well the thing that we want is that we wanted people to see as much diverse Diversity. material as possible yeah. but really but it's not really happening because the algorithm is only feeding you stuff that yeah uh, you know preaching to the choir yeah much every time on every social media platform you are not yes really unless a friend of yours Mm. posts something Mm. and if you dislike that or you don't engage with it your algorithm will not yeah start posting those things to you and apparently i only learnt this this week um TikTok's algorithm, they actually do do that. They will feed you something completely mm. left of centre. They do do that. And you're like, what? Where does this come Yeah. But it's great. It is. Because like, I'll get right wing and left wing things yeah. come up in my TikTok yep. feed. Yep. And it's interesting. It's frustrating, fascinating. Mm. Mm. Um, and ideally what you want is to have a bit of 
both sides. Absolutely. And I um, actually, the other night, ended up uh, down a TikTok hole watching a guy who cleans pools in the UK. That sounds fascinating. It's so satisfying. Do you know there is a guy on TikTok? Oh, my God. That goes underwater and finds things. Um, oh, like mudlarking. I'm just... Mudlarking. I, that is my new favourite oh thing. Oh, my God. Have you seen this mudlarking? Yes. I am oh, I'm all over it on Instagram. He goes to like Ozark or something yeah, like yeah, where, yeah, you yeah, know, yes. people are on their 4th of July weekend on yeah. their floats on the water and he gets in his suit and yep. he goes under the water and finds a wallet's phones, sunglasses, bottles of Patron. He finds shit. He's like a gold digger. Well, the well, the... The mudlarking I'm talking about are the people in the UK who go along the banks of the Thames and they find ye olde stuff. Oh, right, right. So they find, because when the war happened oh, right. and whatever, yes. they find a lot of like china, yeah. jewellery, yeah. um, jars, bottles. Wow. Like, And it's you, you follow their like story and they'll do like a video of it and it's just you see them see something sparkle and they're like, oh, what's this? And then they'll take the video over and they start uncovering yeah. it. And you're like, oh, what is it? Well, that's like the guy under the water. it up and show it. It's he, like, oh. He comes out of the water with it like yes. an iPhone. And he'll press it and it's still working. Oh, Pop it's that exciting. in some rice. And then there'll be some piss person on a floaty going, that's mine. <laughs> Thank you, dude. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Um, do you know, do you remember Selena's? Yeah. Oh, Selena's at Coochie, Coochie Bay, Bay Hotel. Hotel. Um, back in the day, it was the venue to go to. Like mm-hmm. if you lived over on the eastern side, mm-hmm. um, Manly had fish shows. Like this is where you go for live bands. Yes, yes. Okay. And I remember going to – because Selena's was different to um, the fish shows because Selena's had two levels. So you could stand up the top and watch the, the band. Yes, And yeah. watch the band yep. down the bottom as well. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the night, we as a – group of friends we used to send the guys down below as everyone was leaving and we would stay up the top and we would just look for money and we would point hang on oops we've come undone come a cropper oops a daisy i think you've there we go we would point yeah there justin would run over uh justin loveridge yeah, yeah, just love I love when you have to remember a person from your past. You say their full name from school, especially Brett McCallum would yeah. run over there. <laughs> over there, Troy Kernigan would be running over there. Troy anyway, Kern- we would find like because people just you know amongst yes. all the the glasses and the ciggies on the ground and everything, there'd be just money. Yep, I found oh. fifty bucks at um, oh, the Collector Tavern. Do you remember the no, collector tavern in Parramatta? Oh, I see. If I knew Parramatta, Westy, <laughs> I was going to Selena's as, and Fisher's. As if, mate. Oh, Just as funny. vomity, but not Westy. The collector tavern. Jesus. <laughs> what was the place you used to go to for dollar drinks on a Thursday? A Parramatta Leagues Club. Kicks. Yeah. Kicks. That's it. And do you want me to sing the song? Yep. Okay, this used to be the ad. Kicks nightclub. Kick on our kicks. <laughs> kick on it. Finger the kicks. Um, you used to have to. So this is in. This is like 90. 
1994, you used to have to go and buy tickets um, in the daytime. So oh, yes, Club Tropo used Club, to have to yeah. as well. So you have to buy tickets and then yes. and then you couldn't – because they were, it was so popular, yeah, if you didn't out. have a ticket, you couldn't, couldn't get, get in. in. So you'd have to go in the daytime and the tickets would go on sale at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon and so you'd – You'd go, who's going to buy the tickets this week? And someone would have to drive to get the tickets and then come back and have the tickets oh, and the then go. We had to do physically. But my mum used to go and buy our tickets for us. God bless Claire. Bless Stalliano. Claire Blair, Blair. She'd go and buy our tickets and we'd be like, mum, can you go buy our tickets for kicks? Would she get you preloading fuel go- <laughs> as well? Get your ciggies. So she'd she'd go and do that. And yeah, and then you and then you just couldn't you couldn't get in if you didn't have a ticket. And then it would be like, you know, that early kind of like Okay, who's coming to Kicks? Let us know because mum's getting tickets. Yeah. And there was no texting. No. So phone it, call each other. You'd have to phone call on the landline and say who's coming to Kicks or have a chat at recess at lunch. And then you'd be like, someone forgot to say they're coming and then they didn't have a ticket no, and then it was just come. the end of the world because the they got left out. Oh, anyway. Who's your chick in the uh, now? Oh, chick in the now. Chick in the now. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, chick in the now this week is a woman called Taryn Brumford. Yes. She runs the body body image... Movement. Movement. Yes. Brilliant. Has her own movie. Started a doc... Made a documentary called Embrace, Mm -hmm. which was just incredible. And she travelled the world interviewing famous people, non-famous people about body image. Yes. She has a great before and after photo. Um, The before photo is her being a bodybuilder. Yes. I've seen it. It's incredible. With the tan Mm -hmm. and the oil Mm -hmm. and the ripped. Mm -hmm. And the after photo is her natural. Yes. In the nude... Beautifully shot. And people went mad for it. Yep. Both ways, criticised and embraced. <laughs> but I yeah. think she's absolutely incredible. You need to follow her on Instagram, Facebooks, watch her movie Embrace. She is one of the loveliest people that I've ever met. I've had um, breakfast with her and we chat on the phone. Um, we don't chat enough. Yeah, yep. But She looks like someone that you want to be friends with. She's got, she's actually, you know how I give really good hugs? Yeah. She's a better hugger than me. Oh. I'll give it to her. I don't mind. It's yeah. not a competition. Yeah, you're but a God, real hugger. God, she gives hugger. a good hugger. Yep. She yep. Give, gives a good hug. She yep. gives good hug. She gives good you hug. You give, give good, good hug to, to me. me. Never too much to do. To me. You give good hugs to me. Oh, God, that was so good. It was a good song. It was a good song. Um... Yes, so, yeah. she's a good one. She's a we, great. We, we, we salute you. you. Love Taryn. Love you. Beautiful, beautiful um, Instagram account to follow. Mm. Yep. What you is can. her Instagram account? Body Image Movement. Yes. It, we'll put a link up. I yes. Think. We'll we tag will. her. We'll pop it in the Just click notes. on her. Yeah, click on her. Um, before we move on, um, we need to talk about Britney. Oh, free Britney. I mean. There's new stuff this week. What? What? Have you seen the new video? No. Which one? I may have. Which oh, one? It's probably really old. About Frozen? Yes. Holy guacamole! 
Yeah, yeah. Oh my lord! Explain so for those, the well, reference. well, for those who don't know the whole free Britney movement, there's a movement happening at the moment, and you've probably seen it if you've, you know, looked at anything TV or social media wise. But everyone thinks that Britney is um, being held hostage in her own home. It is a fact that her her dad does have a conservatorium on her estate and her money and her life, which basically means he controls everything she does. She's not allowed to drive a car. She's not allowed to um, go to the supermarket or do anything, basically. Um, And uh, so he's basically running her life, and that was a court decision that was made after her breakdown a while ago yeah yeah um so she's been on tiktok a lot and um also instagram and and evie and i probably a couple of months ago i think we came across her instagram and we were just both going what's going on is going on there and um and then she's gone on to the tiktok and same thing and everyone's just going what is going on with britney um people have started to uh come up with this conspiracy theory mm-hmm. that all of her social media posts are a cry for help mm-hmm. um there was one where she had um and she's leaving cryptic messages mm-hmm. in her posts so there was mm-hmm. one there was one where she posts a picture of herself out in the sunshine and the quote is um the magic is in the eyes p.s this is not photoshopped and if you zoom in someone zoomed in and her eyelashes spell out, call 911. I did not see that one. <laughs> now, I've also seen, <laughs> I've also seen, there's also another version of that that Maddie Peroz sent to me. Yes. And he said, have you seen that? The Because Brit- him and I are chatting oh. about it. And he's like, oh, my God, have you seen the latest Britney? Blah, blah, blah. Because it says fax 911. <laughs> Facts, that's right. Because she thinks, still thinks facts are around. Well, then it, and who knows? And then I've also seen it says cry 911. So anyway, it's if you do look at her eyelashes, I've got to say, one of the, 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 the side that is supposed to say 911 does look like it says 911. It does. But, I mean, who knows so, if and that's... And there's one where she says that someone said in a comment, if you need help, wear, wear yellow. yellow. Yes. In your next clip. And she does wear she yellow. Wears and yellow. holds yellow flowers, I yes. think. Yes, yes. So there's all those little things. And don't – or blink or something or blink yes. twice. Or, yeah. Oh, well, blinking – yeah. Everyone blinks, <laughs> And though. breathe. So that's – yeah. If, yeah. You're a, if you need help, breathe. Yeah. And then there's also one, um, before we get on to the latest one about Frozen, um, where she has a hat on and she's doing all this stuff. You know, she comes – she's these weird dances and comes into the camera and walks Come off and on. comes back into the camera and walks off. And um, there's hilarious TikTok um, parodies of it as well, which I guarantee will just kill an afternoon for you. Um, but she comes in, she's got a hat on, and she's holding her hat and her finger is pointing to a word that's written on her hat. And someone has stopped the video, zoomed in, and they think it says help. Oh, my God. But there's definitely a word written on her hat. There's definitely a word written on her hat. So if it says it help, say don't know. China. No, it's it's on the t- – it's on the – it's there, it shouldn't be there, basically. And it's handwritten. There's a word that's written on the hat. Um, but, yeah, the latest one, Frozen. So um, what is that? She says – she thinks she answers She's like, questions. answering questions. Everyone's been asking me. Everyone's been asking me what my favourite Disney movie is. Yeah. And I have to say it's Frozen. Yeah. And then she says, people want to know what time I go to bed. I go to bed at 11.30, 12. 
Yes. And, and then someone has gone to 1130.12 of the movie Frozen, where it shows Elsa going, yes. I need to be let free. free. I need to get out of here. Please yeah. release me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so brilliant. It is brilliant. That if this is all really happening, yeah. we are watching our very own abduction case play out. Yeah. Yeah. In real time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's okay. She's clearly okay, but um, she's not okay. Oh, she did burn down a gym. Well, yeah. She's not okay. <laughs> Yeah. I just hope she is okay and I hope she does get help and I hope that it is just all a big conspiracy thing because yeah, that's very sad. Have we got a woman this week? We, of course we've got a woman this week. We're not here to fuck cats. We're not here to fuck spiders, are we? We're trying to fuck a spider, seriously. Uh, Yeah. It would be so hard. (laughs) I mean, it wouldn't if you were another spider, but man... Welcome to our brains. Um, yeah, so I'm going to tell you the story about – I've chosen another local Melbourne woman. Oh, good. Um, because I seem to be doing the locals and you, you're doing the, doing the overseas, uh, Which is fine. I think that works yeah, really works well. well. If we were both doing the same women, well, that would get a bit repetitive. Well, exactly. Double double. Um, and it is just by chance that she's another Melbourne woman. I am originally from Sydney. And I will do, I promise, some Sydney women because I know there are some and there's others all around this big wide land of ours. Oh, they're everywhere. But it just so happens that this is another Melbourne woman. So um, I'm going to take you back to my childhood. My dad was um, really, really good with cars, like really good. He, was, he wasn't a mechanic but he was always tinkering, you know. He was a tinkerer. Yeah. And um, he, it was a hobby and he'd pull apart lawnmowers and he put them back together again. And then he eventually started letting me help him pull apart lawnmowers and put them back together again. And I was fascinated with just how things worked and how the engine worked and the spark. Because they were all changing spark plugs and doing a grease and oil change. Yeah, and good. You're like Charlene. Yeah. From Neighbours. She was a mechanic. Exactly. And um, I had a 1979 Corolla, a three-door hatch. and Rolls, um, the Rolls Royce. It, <laughs> It was so shit, this car, that um, when I worked at a nursery, when I was doing um, horticulture and I worked at a nursery, a guy would – we'd leave work in the afternoon and a guy would ride his bike up this hill and beat me up the hill (laughs) (laughs) because my car would just (laughs) – yeah. Anyway, so um, Dad used to fix my car and he always – also, this is back in the day we used to have to go out and warm the car up before you could oh, actually yeah, go and choke work. with the choke. Put the choke on and warm it up for twenty minutes. Oh, so, you kids! You don't know what you're missing out on without bless. a choke in your car. Just give it some more choke. Yeah, I've given it all the, the choke, choke that there is. Can I no, put the you ch- know, I can hear it. There's can I put difference. the choke in now? Not yet. Leave Not it out yet. for at least another ten minutes, and then it would go dead, and your dad yeah, go. You, get, you put the choke, choke in, in, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Don't. I told you not to. Let it warm up. Go back inside and get yourself some toast and by then it will be ready to go. Exactly, exactly. So 
you know that thing that um, when so when you're thinking about mechanics and how they work on cars, then not so much these days, but back in those days, you know the wheelie trolley thing that they yeah. roll in under the car and they roll yeah. back out again. I think these yeah. days they lift the car up and they yeah. work. Under well, sometimes it, they hydraulics. even have a hole in the ground and they put they the go in, car yeah. over the yes. the track. Yes, yeah. Well, what if I told you that that wheelie trolley thing was mm. invented by a woman? I would believe you. And what if I told you that that woman was an Australian woman? I would believe you. And that she was a Melbourne woman? I would believe you. And that you've probably never heard of her? I would believe you. Alice Anderson. Alice Anderson? Mm -hmm. Never heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) Alice Elizabeth Anderson. Oh, good name. um, Was born the third of five children to Irish-born parents in 1897. Oh, that's the same year. That Hattie McDaniel was born. Really? Yeah, 1897. 18, what a year. It was a year. Um, she was born in Malvern. Malvern? In Melbourne. We call it from Sydney. Malvern. <laughs> That's wow. when you know you're not really from yeah. Melbourne. Or you when you it, have assimilated. Yes. Or if you call Reservoir, Reservoir. Or Castlemaine, Castlemaine. <laughs> it's just silly. Um, We're all Australians. Come yeah, on. come on. So for those who are not from the COVID state, um, <laughs> Malvern is a town in Melbourne's eastern suburbs. It's a very, very nice borough well suburb where the wealthy live. They have their own David Jones there. Do they? They have their own David Jones. The food court. Don't they have a? They have the David Jones food court there? You know, the Do they? Foods? Yeah, I think so. Oh, damn, we should go there when we're allowed. Oh. Chocolate dip strawberries. <gasps> what? Have you not had them from the David Jones Food Hall before? They're amazing. Um, Oh, my Lord. So, yeah, so just like it is now, back then it was quite a, you know, posh. Well-to-do. Well-to-do, upper-middle-class part of society. Her dad was an engineer and he lectured at uh, Melbourne University and um, he always thought himself to be quite an astute businessman. Um, he was a really big thinker. He always had lots of ideas. Um, but he always thought of lots of things that were quite unrealistic. Um, and But he was always trying to do things that were good for the family. Mm-hmm. So um, when Alice is still really young, her dad moves the whole family to New Zealand oh, to, try and, to try and pursue some business um Ventures over there. Ventures. Um, and while they're over on New Zealand, Zealand. New Zealand um, they end up – he spends a lot of their money and they lose a lot of their money by trying to establish themselves o- uh, abroad. And um, he was also terrible at managing money as well. So um, they ended up having to come back to Melbourne mm-hmm. without – they pretty much lost everything. Mm. So they have to move into their holiday house that they had. Oh, poor things. <laughs> their summer home that it was called that her dad had actually built was it in sorrento himself no it was in Portsea? um narbathong narbathong yeah which is in the yarra i, say that. I think sam is oh, do you okay. know of narbathong so it's in the, in the yarra, yarra um, valley yeah beautiful area so um so yeah it was only supposed to be a holiday house but they ended up having to live there because money was a bit tough so this meant that alice had a really awesome childhood the rest of her childhood growing up in the country Mm. and um, she was always outside so she learned how to ride horses she learned how to shoot she learned how to fish um and 
whatever she could do outside, she would do it. And there's reports that even when she was reading a book, she was reading it while she was sitting up a tree. Mm. My kind of gal. She went to the local state school, um, which was called a half-time school. Oh, what does that mean? Yeah. So what would happen? Half-time. A half-time school. Only go for half the time? So they would have one teacher between two schools <laughs> and the one teacher yeah. would um, share it themselves between two schools. Wow. So one school would get the teacher for three days a week yeah. and the next week they'd get the teacher for two, um, two and then they would swap. So yeah. within the fortnight they would have one week of school. Yeah. Um, so it's um, so it's quite obvious that her, her education wasn't that great. It was halved. It was halved. Um, she didn't have the best education. But um, what she didn't have in education, she made up for in um, resourcefulness and ingenuity. Oh. Even at such a young age, she was always just trying to solve problems. Oh, I love women like that. There's a story of when she's 15 and she's at home um, with her siblings and there's a knock on the door. Hello? Did you like that? Hello? <laughs> Who is it? So, oh, I've woken Sissy up. Just me, sis. It's just me. So there's a knock on the door and um, one of the woodcutters that's working on uh, trees in the nearby area comes to the door and says, there's been an accident. Do you know where's the local you know, hospital? Where's the doctor? We need a doctor. This guy has, has, is really quite injured. And she was like, oh, I'll, I'll hop to it. So she gets on her horse and she... The woodcutter takes her to where this man is and there's been an altercation with a beer bottle and the man's throat has been <gasps> cut and he is bleeding out. Oh, it's no. not good at all. And Alice says, no, that's fine. Um, just look, can you just boil me up some water? Can you just go and get some horse uh, hair from the horse's tail for me? Boil that up as well. Um, I've got my needle here because I also do needlepoint. Um, and if <laughs> you guys could just on me. if you guys could just hold him down, I'll sew up his neck. That'd with be great. With the horse hair? Yeah. Oh, my God, Alice. So she sews up his neck and he survives. Um, she essentially ends up saving his life. He goes wow. to the doctor the next day and the doctor says, um, great job, Alice. Could have been a bit neater, but you did well, kid. Bloody good job. That's incredible. Isn't it? I mean, imagine having that scar. I know. I know. And horse's hair. Well, it's very strong. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? So um, in uh, 1915... Uh, her motorised vehicles were becoming a bit of a thing. Yeah. Everyone was getting all jazzed up about the motor car. Yeah. And um, her dad had started his own business called the Black's Spur Motor Service. Oh. And the Black Spur is actually a really popular road in uh, Victoria. It's the one when you see all of the ads for cars and the windy, beautiful roads yes. that winds and winds and winds Around up. a mountain? Uh, Heelsville. Hills? Yeah. Heelsville. It Beautiful. goes from um, – so his service offered a driving service between Alexandra Railway Station and Heelsville. Um, it was kind of like the first Uber, the first sort of taxi service. Wow. Uh, and it was called the Black's Spurs Motor Service. And um, it was a co-op that had that he'd um, done with a few other businessmen in the area. There was a board of, of um, members and they had a bunch of cars, but he had always really had his eye on this car called the Hupmobile. 
it was a touring car mm. and they were very quite expensive but quite mm. fashionable at the time and he thought that if the car's nicer people are going to pay a lot more money so he goes to the board of the members of the thing and says i want to put a deposit down on this hupmobile 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 and um they basically say no that's a bad idea you're not going to do that. He hasn't been known for good ones. He'd already put the the deposit of down. He did. You know what he's like. Although, so he was in a little bit of a pickle. So what he does is he decides that he's going to give the car to Alice for her 18th birthday and says, "There you go, Alice. Happy birthday. Here's a car and here's 450 pounds worth of debt." Oh dear. <laughs> good luck with that, Thanks, Dad. Aww. Anyway, she takes it. She's she's like, you know what? That's great. And now that I've got this um, eight-seater, it was a roof-off eight-seater, oh. beautiful thing. There's a photo of it. We'll put it on oh. the Instas. Yeah. Um, she decides that she's going to set up her own enterprise. Oh. So um, she starts working um, as a bookkeeper for her father's business as well. And in the back of her mind, she's thinking, I'm just going to learn a bit more about these cars and see if I can see what's what. She didn't know how to drive either when she got the car. Mm. Um, so she becomes a bookkeeper for her father's business and um, she's doing secretarial work and whatever. But it's not long before she starts going into the garage and asking the boys all about how the cars work. And the boys are like, rack off. Chicks can't surf. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what they said. Um and she keeps bugging them and she's like, can you just teach me how to drive? Can I just look over your shoulder and watch how you're fixing these cars? She had this big fancy car but she didn't know how to drive it. Um, so the boys were totally against the idea. So the roads, particularly that Black Spurs Road, was very dangerous and they said it was no place for a woman to be driving. And she was tiny. She was like five foot three and this car was – I'm five foot three. Yeah. You're calling me tiny? She was tiny. First time I've ever been called tiny. Tiny. Um, she could barely see over the steering wheel. Like right. It was, she was t- in the tiny little thing in this massive car. And um, anyway, she keeps trying to get these boys to teach her and they finally relent and they say to her, we'll only teach you how to drive if you can pull apart an engine and put it back together again. And once you know how to do that, then we'll teach you. Neck minute. Yeah. She's learning how to drive because she's done it. She's, she's like, done smashed it. that, done she's, it. She's pulled apart lawnmowers. Yep. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. So she's, she says, yep, can do that. And um, so they start teaching her how to drive. And it's not long before she starts driving on the Black Spurs Road um, and she, the, the place where she'd been told there's no place for, for a, a woman, woman driving at all. So she decides that... Um, I hope she did burn out on she, it. <laughs> she decides she's going to move to Melbourne. She's got a newfound freedom. She's got her wheels. She's like, I'm off to Melbourne. Moving to the big smoke. Yeah, I'm going back to Melbourne. Well, she moves to Kew. Oh, just next to Melbourne. Yeah, still a very wealthy um, area. And she starts working in an office. But on the weekends, she does a little side hustle mm-hmm. where she takes day trippers. Yeah. Up to the Dandenongs in her car. In the hopper. In the car. In the hoop hopmobile. In the hopmobile. Um, and going up to the Dandenongs for the day was a very popular trip at oh, the time. So she was would, puffing Billy up there. Yes, yeah, she would take them up for the day. Um, she's about 20 around this time and she starts 
Um, she gets to, gets quite serious about her business mm-hmm. and she calls it the Miss Anderson Motor Service. Oh, I love it. And um, she also gets a business card made up. Bless. Her sister, her sister makes her Vista <laughs> print. She just hops on the Googles and Googles business card for first female driving school. Vista print goes, can, can do. Can do. Um, Not uh, for a woman, though. Yeah. And um, she basically just faked it till she made it. She faked. She made. She made it appear like she had this big company and that she had this fleet of cars. And it was really only her and just her one car. Um, yes, I bet she had a little chauffeur outfit on. Oh, let me get to that. So at the time, she was living in a tiny little uh, cottage, basically a shed that was at the back of a, a house in Kew. And um, but that was her garage. And um, she ends up. She drives wealthy, all the wealthy people of Q. So she's driving um, newspaper tycoons and um, actors and solicitors and doctors and she's driving them them around because if you were um, rich enough back in those days to own a car, one would never drive it. One wouldn't drive themselves. Oh, no. You would have a chauffeur or a female chauffeur is known as a chauffeuse. A chauffeuse. So she was a chauffeuse. She was the first female chauffeuse, chauffeuse. in Australia. Like um, a masseuse. She makes her own little chauffeur's outfit. Oh, how did it go? She's got um, breeches. Oh, brilliant. She's got boots. Boots. She's got gaiters. Yeah. Ga- yeah. Are they like braces? Braces. Gaiters. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a tie. Yeah, a coat, mm. goggles. Oh, a cap. She, you know what I'm getting here? And don't you? What? Chitty chitty bang bang. Pretty much like chitty chitty bang bang. She looked like the professor from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um. So she was. There was no other woman doing this at this time. No other woman was driving cars on the roads that she was driving on or had a business where she was driving other people in her car as a chauffeuse. And um, she was still not a qualified mechanic, so she really wanted to become qualified. And she, um, in those days, there wasn't anywhere where she could train. There was mm. nowhere for a woman to go to become a mechanic. Men had their own colleges. They had right. their workmen's colleges. Don't go in there if you've got a vagina. Nothing existed like that. You're not welcome. (laughs) Nothing existed like that for a woman. Um, But she does eventually find someone, um, an owner of a garage, who takes her on as an apprentice and um, he basically helps her to become a mechanic and she does go on to become a qualified mechanic. So she decides she wants to open her own garage and um, she saves up enough money to buy a block of land in Kew on uh, Cotham Road. Cotham, Cotham so, Road. So um, at the time, banks didn't lend money to women. No. And we all know her father's track record. Yeah, no, no. And um, so it's it's a bit unclear. There's always there's this mystery still where it was very hard to sort of find information She about robbed a bank, didn't she? Probably. Uh, and so, but she goes ahead anyway. She draws up the plans. She's got these grand... She draws the actual plans up for the building. Um, she wants a three-storey building. She wants to have an all-girl garage where the women will live upstairs. Yeah. They'll come down and work on the cars during the day oh. and they'll all live there happily ever after. Oh. In the nude. Well. 
They'll only work on their cars with their tits out. In the nude. In the nude. Uh, So um, the three-storey building doesn't end up going ahead, but she does create and make and build a one-storey building, um, which is huge. It's big enough to house about 25 cars. Oh, that's huge. And um, On one block of land. How big was the block of land? And it also – I don't know. It doesn't say. Um, <laughs> my notes don't it's about as big enough to get, get 20 cars on it. Yep, and it also has uh, a little um, area for her to sleep because she slept there as well mm-hmm. so she could sleep and yep. work there. And there was also um, a part in the garage that a lot of garages don't have these days but um, where they would make their own spare parts. So there was no such thing as just oh. calling someone up to yeah, get a spare yeah. part. They actually had to make yeah. them there. On Tinker them together, didn't they? Yeah. So the Alice Anderson Motor Service offered everything that you could expect from a motor garage at the time. Pardon me, sorry, I'll just do that again. (laughs) The Alice Anderson Motor Service offered everything that you could expect a motor garage to offer at the time. Petrol, vehicle repairs. Uh, She had a driving school, a 24-hour chauffeuse service, and um, they would either use the garage's own cars or the client's vehicles. Wow. And a lot of of their clients uh, stored their vehicles at her premises as well. So if they had a really nice car, the owners wouldn't keep it at home. They'd keep it at her garage and it would be maintained. Um, And she also provided driving lessons to women at the time um, because – Women didn't have a chance to learn how to drive. Um, And she also offered a service where she would chauffeur young women to attend dances without their parents. So she was a legitimate chauffeur so that these young women could go to um, to dances. She was like a chaperone as well. A chaperone, exactly. Um, So at the time, she was seen as this huge novelty and she became a celebrity basically and she was on all of the covers of magazines, all of the newspaper covers, people were saying this woman, and I, I did a search on um, Trove, new favourite website, by the way, yeah. and um, there's a ton of news articles about, Ooh. you know, a woman opens her first all-female garage um, because it just wasn't heard of, you know, back in um, – Back in the back in those days, and um, she was really going against everything that a woman was told to be. Mm. She was boyish, but she was still attractive. She was wearing boys' clothes. She often got mistaken um, as a boy. And for the first time in history, women were cutting their hair short. So it was the 1920s, and she had a very boyish short hair cut. Um, there was there's been lots of questions around her sexuality. She never denied. Um, you know, having um, or being queer or having a, a relationship with a woman. Um, and it just remains one of those things of like, maybe she was, maybe she wasn't, who cares? Um, so she ends up employing a handful of women um, oh. who she teaches as mechanics. And um, she also offers to teach them how to drive and how and they learn about engines and just basically how cars work. Um, and she had put out uh, an ad for her apprenticeships and she had 50 women turn up and apply. And the line was like a, down the road around the corner for these women just, you know, hoping that they would get a chance. So the thirst to, is there. The hunger is there. The hunger was there. So women, um, mothers in the country sent their daughters to her to be driven about in the city um, and that they would also be at special request, go and be guardians um, for them at dances as well. Mm. And um, 
Her sister also actually worked for her on the weekends. Her sister, interestingly enough, uh, legend ran in the family, went on to become the first female engineering student at Melbourne Uni. Oh, my God. What so, a family. Yeah. Father's so shit. But as, well, as well as starting the, um, the garage, she was also a really keen inventor and she invented this thing called the Rady Waiter. Rady-waiter. A rady-waiter. So what she would do is when she would take a little day trips, yeah. she would fill a flask of um, coffee or cocoa or whatever they were drinking to, and to keep it warm, she'd attach it to the radiator oh of the car God. so that when they got to their little area and they pulled out their little picnic blanket, guess what they had? A, a nice hot, warm hot cup of coffee. coffee or cocoa. Oh, I love it. I watched a documentary, uh, something, of these two Australian actors they went in – they loved cars and they mm. would go in a different car I think every week and it didn't last very long but they had heard of – like you could cook food on, on your, your radiator. radiator. Yeah. So if you go from one destination to another, by the time you got there you had your bacon and eggs and exactly. they tried it and it worked. Yeah, yeah. It's great. So um, – but her most famous invention um, that we all know today as the trolley that goes under the car mm. – um, is what she had invented and and she should be well known for that, mm. however. Should be called the Alice Trolley. She called it the Anderson Get Out and Get Under. Um, Did she? Yeah, because what they would, at the time, if there was ever a problem with the car, they would say, oh, better get out and get under. And that's what, that's what she called it. So she called it the Anderson Get Out and Get Under. But she neglected to file a United States pattern. Pattern. And... Um, on the 25th of January 1920, an identical invention was patented under mm. the name of the Automobile Creeper by an American businessman mm. who went on to become very, very wealthy. So if she had... Um, was his name William Ford? <laughs> <laughs> if she had registered that patent, she'd be a very rich woman. Uh, so Alice is working tirelessly at the garage and she decides she wants to have a little holiday. So she wants to go on a trip. She decides that she's going to drive from Melbourne to Alice Springs. Nice. And she's got a brand new 26 Austin, um, what they used to call the baby Austin of the time. And um, she's going to drive this on a treacherous trip from Melbourne to Alice Springs. Mm. And what they do, they end up taking off the doors of the the baby Austin. So can you imagine driving from Melbourne to Alice Springs? In a doorless car. Doorless car, roofless car. Oh, you'd be dirty. And they've packed the car up. So she's joined by a companion, Jessie Webb, who is um, a former lecturer of hers. And she's a little bit older than Alice. She's um, in her 40s, I think, and Alice is in her late 20s at this stage. So they carried with them, they packed up the car. They had two guns, sleeping bags, a compass, four gallons of water and a supply of biscuits. Biscuits and water. That's all you That's need. That's all you need. Uh, so they went out through Adelaide. They took a camel track all the way up to Alice Springs. Wow. And that would be bumpy. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, it would be bumpy and dusty. Oh, it would be horrible. And they've got an open car, aren't they? It's open. There's no doors, is it? Bloody hell. Dusty. Uh, and they made stops along the way. Uh, it was pretty rough going, as you can imagine. And um, the roads were pretty rough back in those days and it all proved a bit too much for her companion, Jessie, who ends up uh, coming back by train and um, leaving the... <laughs> leaving, can't hack it. Can't hack it. Um, 
Well, Alice actually also decides that um, she's going to not drive all the way back home either and she ends up selling the baby Austin in Udinata. Udinadatta. Udinadatta. That's it. Good place, good place. Udinadatta. And she sends a wire back to the garage and um, has one of her friends come and meet her and accompany her um, back on the return journey. So they make their way back to Melbourne via train, having a lovely time. Looking at the sights. Looking at the sights. Not getting dirty. And not getting dirty. Um, so she arrives back in Melbourne on the 11th of uh, – arrives back in Melbourne by train on the 11th of September. On the 17th of September, just six days after she gets back from her trip, Alice is in the back of her garage um, and she's tinkering away at the back there and two of her garage girls hear a huge bang and they think that it's a rock that's being thrown onto the roof. So they run out to the back to check – on Alice and they find Alice face down with a gunshot wound to her forehead. No. She was only 29. Who did that? Well. She did it. There's a lot. No, there's a lot of confusion around what? her death and how it happened and whether or not it was a suicide or not. Did they have to um, find a gun? Those that knew her, um, they just couldn't imagine her doing something no. like that because she had um, all of these plans and she had never sort of expressed any signs of, um, you know, depression or anything yeah. like that. Um, and there was actually an inquest into her Good. death um, and her death was ruled an accident. Um, apparently, the story goes, she was cleaning the two guns that she had borrowed to take on the trip with her. One was a rifle um, and one was a shotgun. And are they the same thing, rifle and a shotgun? I'm not a gun enthusiast. No, I don't know either. So she's cleaning two of them. Anyway, um, one had apparently uh, misfired. The bullet was still in the cartridge and had shot her in the head. Mm. Now, there's a book by Loretta Smith called Spanner in the Works and it's all about her life and um, wow. and it's actually how I first came across this story because Loretta Smith was interviewed on the a- ABC Conversations podcast and I came across this story a couple of years ago and I was like, oh, my God, that's such an amazing story. Um, so in the book, Loretta um, really tries to dive deep into exactly what happened because there was a lot of inconsistencies in the inquest. It was like, what really happened? And Loretta actually discovers it turns out the bullet that killed her wasn't actually from either of those guns. It was from her own gun. So the mystery is still... They don't know where that gun was. No. They don't know where or how or how it happened. So it's all still a bit of a mystery. And that's why I think her story is still, I Mm. mean, still quite intriguing because... No one really knows Mm. what happened. Um, But her death makes the um, front page, again, of every major newspaper in um, the town. Her obituary um, obituary Mm -hmm. gets a whole full-page column. So, And it goes – you can actually read it Mm. um, online. We'll put it in the A lot to say about her. A lot to say about her. And um, the garage closes the next day, but there are a couple of women who are still working and they're just devastated and Mm. don't make any comment to the reporter who goes to to chat to them. Um, You know, and she just gets all of this kind of love. But again, we've never heard of this woman before. Never heard of her. Um, She's buried at Burundara Cemetery and um, her... 
her burial was actually quite, her funeral was actually quite an affair. There were mm. like thousands of people turned up. Um, all of her garage girls came along. They were all dressed up in their full outfits, their full mm. uniforms, and they were the pallbearers for her um, for mm. her on the day. Her friend um, Ethel Beige, um, Beige, Badgy, ba- <laughs> it's just B-A-G-E, Beige, yeah. Beige. Her friend Ethel Beige takes over the garage until at least 1935 and her garage girls try to keep her legacy alive. So they all want this to keep going. Um, And by this time there's a few other um, garages that are popping up, especially in the UK, that are all, um, you know, that are female kind of owned and operated. Um, But none of them survive and hers actually goes on to survive past World War II. Um, The building's knocked down in the 1950s Mm. and um, it's now part of the Trinity Grammar Campus. Oh, Um, yeah, know where that is. That's in uh, that's in queue, yeah. but her name actually lived on. Um, the name of the um, her business, Miss Anderson's Motor Service, um, mm. was operating until the nineteen eighties, oh. and it still taught women how to drive, or, or was a driving school. Um, and it was it was situated just around the corner from where her original garage was. Um, the National Motor Museum in um, South Australia has rebuilt a version of her garage oh, and really? you can go and check it out. <gasps> oh, we should go for yeah, a Yeah, at trip. the Exhibition Hall in Birdwood. Um, and her personal motto, which you will love, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try and I'm gonna try and say it because it's in French. Oh, wee, oui, wee. Oui. Qui ni risque rien na rien. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. That's great. Say it again. Qui? Qui ni risque? Qui ne risque? 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 How do you spell it? R-I-S-Q-U-E. Risque? Risque. Qui ne risque? Rien na rien. Good. That's from that song. That is exactly how that went. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Edith, is yeah. that you? <laughs> Edith Piaf is here. Oh my God. <laughs> nothing ventured, nothing gained. That's so, true. Alice Anderson. You little legend. Wow. And what a sad ending. Yeah. She she would have she, gone on and invented more things and been so successful. Mm-hmm. She probably would have started the first chain the of f- Miss Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, oh. she was, she was, uh, she had a lot to do with getting women into mechanics and oh, getting them really into the garage, which is not a, a place for women in those days. But you know what? I don't see many women mechanics now. There, there's not. There still isn't. I mean, Charlene didn't even make an impression no. back in the eighties with an influx of girl mechanics. I mean, like, we go to mechanics every year, and you just don't see any women, do you? Never. I've never had a girl mechanic mm. ever. I've never come across a girl I mechanic. Why? Shame. Shame. If you're a girl mechanic, yeah, send let us, us an email. email. Mychickstree at gmail.com. Yeah. So that's my story of Alice Alice Anderson. Anderson, We salute you. We do. You are a chick in history and very, very proud one. Yeah. Very good story. Isn't it? Yeah.
It's great. So get the book. If you want to find out more, um, get the book uh, Spanner in the Works by Loretta. Did you get it? Yeah. (laughs) By Loretta Smith. Loretta Smith. That's it. Not Loretta Lynn. Stand by your man. Thanks for listening, guys. We hope you're enjoying it. Um, We're enjoying researching and bringing these amazing stories to you. We really are. It's fun. Look at you, you've got to the end, so if you're still listening, I'm just going to give you a few little credity bits. Executive producers of this podcast is me, Evie Jones, and of course Annie Potatoes. But we've also got Sam Peterson. He's our producer, our editor, our wine boy, our whipping boy. He does everything. And he's also got a great podcast called Confessions of the Idiots. You know, if you all listen to us, we appreciate you. Follow us on Instagram at chickstreet underscore podcast. And you can email us at mychickstreet at gmail.com. <laughs>